Why do you do what you do in your job? Are you feeling complacent or have been complacent at one point? Sooner or later, the honeymoon stage of a new job will fade and challenges will surface. Expectations on your performance will go higher and then you might face a career transition. There are three options for you when you face a career transition. One, get a job at another company. Two, do a job you did not want to do or you don't want to do. Three, suck it up and die inside over a period of your lifespan. Work lifespan, that is. What happens when you choose option one? Well, it delays things. It does not fix it. What about option two? When you do a job you did not want to do or don't want to do, instead of it feeling like a promotion, it feels like punishment. How about the third option? You want an honest answer? Have you heard of that term, employee engagement? Well, if you choose option three, you are not the engaged employee. You are the disengaged employee. You drag yourself to work, you look forward to the weekends, all the holidays, that's in the calendar. I am Emily F. Iman and welcome to Rescuing Mondays. I am a trainer, a TV talk show host, and a consultant specializing in performance management and organizational systems and processes. If this is your first time listening in, this is a podcast for those who are unemployed by choice or by chance, those who are underemployed or unhappily employed, for those who are just graduating into the world of work or who love the work they do so much they want to inspire others. If you desire to experience God in your life and in your workplace, well, you are in the right place. This podcast was created with the belief that there is a better way to see work and to work. My goal here is to encourage and inspire professionals just like you, no matter where you are in your professional, personal, or spiritual journey. You're listening to Episode 2, On The Job, Reality Check. Can I honestly tell you that if you are in your job just for the pay, your thinking will always be, what's in it for me? It'll be harder for you to keep a smile whenever you are at work or on duty. And if you're a chef, mm, the food might not taste that good. On the other hand, if you are in your job to build a career, then build it like a good carpenter builds a house. Carpentry is hard work, but in the end, it's all worth it, especially if you built a house well. Too often, while working our jobs, we tend to be more complacent without us even be aware of it. It's like a frog in a slow boiling water. So what then are the symptoms of complacency? Well, you think things are not bad. You don't necessarily hate your job, but it's just okay. No feelings there. Your job is fine, your boss is fine, your colleagues are fine, your life is fine. A fine life is fine and you are fine with fine. Therefore, you grow comfortable and you become complacent. Mr. John Akioff said that the distance between comfortable and comatose is surprisingly short. He also said that complacency is not a dragon to be slain once but an ocean to be swum regularly. I believe that complacency is one of the things that will ruin our career because this is more like a slow gas leak instead of a bomb blast. Truth is, 
Great lives are very rarely created in great comfort. Extraordinary achievements from ordinary people were all born out of a life of discomfort. At the beginning, when you first start a job, it's fun. You could be piloting a plane or testing a new solution in the laboratory, pricking the arms of your patients with needles, binding documents. Doesn't matter. It's interesting and you get plenty of good feedback from the people that you work with. Whatever your new job is, it's easy to stay engaged. And then the dip happens. What exactly is the dip? The dip is that season of long struggle, the constant grind, the seemingly never-ending toiling between starting in a job and mastering it. It is a combination of bureaucracy and busy work that you must deal with in order to get a promotion or even a raise. The dip is the difference between the easy beginner technique and the more useful expert approach and any job skills. It is the long stretch between beginner's luck, as they say, and real accomplishment. If you look at the resume of a typical CEO, you will see that before the, quote, modern-day royalty, he might have endured, say, a 25-year dip before landing the position. For many years, he needed to suck it up, keep his head down, and do what he was told. He needed to reach targets, work longer hours than everyone else, and kiss up to his boss day in, day out, year after year. It's easy to be a CEO. What's hard is getting there. There's a long struggle along the way. Careers are only difficult because they are constantly changing and we are not. In fact, we are too proud to change. We hate change. We ignore it. We deny it. We fight it. We go around it. We justify why we do not need to change and why we do not need change. Therefore, we become stuck. But you know what? Unless someone is holding a gun to your head throughout the day that you work, it is your choice to be stuck. And in like manner, you can choose to be unstuck. And choosing to be unstuck does not necessarily mean that you live your job. If you want to have a better job right at this moment, I recommend you do two things. And quitting is not one of them. Well, not yet. Just two things for now. First, Choose your attitude. Notice that I said choose your attitude and not change. Why? Because choosing your attitude can take seconds, but changing your attitude can take years, maybe even a lifetime. So today, choose not to be cynical, not to act arrogantly like you're doing everybody a favor by showing up. Choose not to complain. Zip that mouth. Choose to cheer for the accomplishments of your co-workers. Choose your attitude every day until it chooses you right back. Easier said than done. I know, right? But choosing your attitude is not about your feelings because as any mature person would know, feelings are so fleeting. Feelings will tell you the day is already ruined because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed or that you are hormonal or you had a bad commute that morning or delayed by traffic jam. So as hard as may seem, don't listen to your feelings. Make choices 
instead. Choosing your attitude is the one thing that you can do right this very moment that will not only shock your boss, but also improve your work relationships and dramatically increase your positive experiences. So again, choose your attitude. Next is adjust your expectations. What is expectation? Well, to have an expectation is to have a hope, to have a dream, to have a desire about something you want to happen. What are you expecting your job to do for you? Do you expect your job to fulfill every creative wish you have? Do you expect work to bend around your dreams? Do you expect that this will be the last job you have since changing jobs is such a hassle? The solution to our frustration at work is not removing all expectations, not that. The trick is not to eliminate them, but to adjust them. You may have expectations that do not belong to your job, and those expectations belong somewhere else. For example, you want to write. But is it the right expectation in your job now? Not if you are a chemist who works graveyard shifts. If you want to do graphic design, is it the right expectation in the role you have at work? I suggest you take a minute or so to write down what your expectations are in life. Write them all down and then find the right home for them. There might be some things in what you wrote that belong at your job now. There might be some that belong during your before or after office hours. If you are teaching students now and work for a boss that counts the hours, don't expect to be able to design wedding invitations. Expect to create content and write curriculums instead. Your unspoken Unmet expectations will give you a bad or sour attitude. And when you have a sour attitude, you become unreasonable in demanding that your job meets your expectations. And when your job doesn't meet your expectations, you are miserable and you make everybody around you miserable. But if you want a better job right before you enter your office premises, you know what to do. Choose your attitude, adjust your expectations. Before you switch gears and go back to work or tackle the rest of your day or enjoy your pleasant evening, let me tell you about a grand narrative. It's epic, remarkable, and redemptive. The grand narrative is this. God created something good. We fell into sin. Jesus made it right. One day, God will make all things new. God created something good. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good, you included. Even if you don't believe this, it doesn't make this truth less true. We fell into sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. We have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Because of sin, all humanity is separated from God. But Jesus Christ made it right. Jesus came, paid the penalty on our behalf through death on the cross. He was crucified and rose from the dead. He ascended to the heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. Christ redeemed us. He made it right. And one day, God will make all things new. A day is coming when Christ will return. He will complete His new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. 
a place with no tears, no pain, no suffering, no brokenness, no helplessness, just love. God will make all things new. Meanwhile, God invites us to join Him in His redemptive work of restoring all things. If God is drawing you to Himself, would you respond to Him? Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Forgive me and cleanse me from my sin and unrighteousness. I surrender my will to you and make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. In the workplace, you have a chance to demonstrate a lifestyle and work style so positively unique and so encouragingly distinctive. You have the opportunity to influence those around you to apply biblical truth to the entirety of life in very practical ways. Galatians chapter 6 verses 3 to 4 of the New Living Translation. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. You can find me on Instagram at emilyiman and at emilyiman.com. As always, I hope our time together has helped you see that there is a better way to see work and to work and that God has a plan for your workplace. All you have to do is ask Him to help you see it. If this episode has been helpful to you, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss the next one and be sure to leave a review so others can find their way here too. Until the next episode, I am Emilu and this has been Rescuing Mondays. Thank you for listening.